Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to the Extra Point Show with Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Blitz coming. Allen steps up in the pocket, going to take off and run. Has the first down and more. To the 40, to the 35, 30, breaks away. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Josh Allen. Yeah, give him a flex, Josh. You just schooled them with their back turn for a huge touchdown run of 47 yards. The Extra Point Show presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com and by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. Bills 31, Steelers 17. We continue to react here this morning on WGR. 803-0550 is the phone number. Line them up. Plenty of time for your phone calls. We're going to get Nate Geary in at the top of the show for his reaction uh, he's out of town, did not get in on postgame yesterday, so he's itching to get in on the Bills win as they go to Kansas City. Well, excuse me. See, force a habit. They always go to Kansas City. It's usually, it's in my DNA that, of course, they're going to Arrowhead. Nope. Chiefs coming to Buffalo. Orchard Park this Sunday, 630, as we get another chapter of this rivalry between these two teams. 803-0550 is the phone number. You can get in uh, while Nate is on, and we'll go right to the Wester hotline in Vegas. What's up, Nate? How's Vegas? I didn't make it to Vegas. Oh, that's right. You didn't make it to Vegas at all. I thought it feels like you were maybe twisting the knife a little bit on me there. I know. I just (laughs) I'm screwing up where everybody's. I just made the mistake of, oh, we're going. The Bills are going to Arrowhead next Sunday because it's so assumed over time that that's going to happen. It still blows my mind that it's not happening this Sunday. Yeah, it uh, just the way that it lined up and then. The, the the snow that's coming now apparently we're supposed to get another three feet over the next 72 hours it's it's fun here we love it yeah so on yesterday's game ever get nervous that that game was going to kind of swing back the other way or was going to get you know they they got to seven but they never had the ball down seven pittsburgh yeah no not really it, at the end of the day it, it just to me the game kind of went exactly the way that i pictured it would which was 
it felt like the Bills were going to get up early on them and that, you know, they would kind of muddle around and, you know, move the football just enough. And obviously the injuries played a big part. I mean, being down to Kyrie Elam and, and Dave Jackson wasn't, I don't think, uh, what the Bills or anyone had imagined would be uh, kind of, and, and obviously having A.J. Klein and, and Dorian Williams playing um, in meaningful January football games, not exactly what I think a lot of folks were thinking uh, or imagining going into this game. But um, frankly, I thought all of them played admirable, um, you know, kind of filling in uh, for starters and in, in, in the case of the linebackers for backups to backups. Um, so it was quite a kind of interesting development in that game. But in the second half, it almost felt a little boring, right? The second mm-hmm. half. And then um, just so much had happened in the first half. So much good had happened for the bills in the first half and the way that the first half ended with the, you know, weird blocked kick and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. It ended up being, I think exactly how I imagined the game would play out and the score it's a 14-point game, but mm. it doesn't ever actually feel like they were within 14 points of, or really within striking distance to the Bills. Yeah, the Bills' injuries piling up and the score kind of played into this, but it felt like to me the Steelers didn't realize what was working for them on offense until it was too late. Like, they actually they were actually decent at throwing the ball. Like, Mason Rudolph was fine in that game, and Deontay Johnson got open a few times it was really their run game. They tried so hard to establish the run game. And, like, for what? Like, they just were wasting plays, it felt like, in the first half with Najee Harris up the middle for two yards. We uh, So I went to the game, and in the stands, we were all sort of laughing about how it was 21 to nothing with six minutes left in the second quarter. Um, and, you know, they were still attempting to establish the run. It was just a really sort of boneheaded, weird, you know, like, refusal to do what any other team in that situation do would be try to score as many points as you possibly can. Like it was like at that point, they had still were trying to almost sort of keep the ball away from getting back in the hands of Josh Allen or trying to take off as much time and shorten the game. It just, it didn't really make a lot of sense from a, you know, down and distance and where they were in the game and the scoreboard and everything else. It just, yeah, it felt uniquely Pittsburgh Steeler football. Did it not? No, it totally did. I mean, I'm on Tomlin this morning. I mean, I think, you know, it's another year where he doesn't win a playoff game, and his, you know, too, like, we can talk about the Bills' offense here and what they did. That's the most points, actually, that Steelers' defense gave up all year, and I know no T.J. Watt, but the last five playoff games they've played, every game, like, Tomlin's averaging 34, excuse me, 40 points given up in the last five playoff games that he's had. So this, you know, mantra that the Steelers have that, like, well, you know, that's a tough out, or it's a tough opponent, they're gonna they're gonna make it a low scoring grinding game in the playoffs. Like that just it hasn't been true about them. Yeah, I would say that this year you feel like well, not in the NFC, but this year in the AFC it felt, you know, maybe more so than ever that the seventh seed was kinda irrelevant. Um, it just did not feel like anyone in the AFC and that seventh seed was really going to compete. Um, it, it, this was not certainly not Green Bay as a seventh seed. There was no there was no Green Bay this year in the AFC. So um, yeah, I think to me it's like they are a team that I was not particularly concerned about going into this game. I, however, you know, I, as I've heard, I heard many callers on, on pregame kind of say like. Listen, uh, this team lost to the Broncos. It lost to the Patriots. So I'm not going to take any of these opponents uh, lightly. But I, I, I think it goes to show you that there is a switch um, that this team is capable of turning and flipping on. And, like, I, I think about – I think I was listening to you in pregame talk about how, like, their mindset going into that Dolphins game 
should have really been the mindset that they walked into every game on, which is like, yeah. let's just press the lever and score as many points and, and, and blow this team out and show them, you know, who's, who the best team is on that day. And it felt like at times this year, they did not play with that same sort of mindset. Same with that. Um, that wasn't just that game. I think both yeah. Miami games, um, they played with that mindset. Um, that's something that I think when they play like that, when it, when it's like, it's time to turn it on, they're uh, one of the best teams in football. And like, if they play the way they did in the first half on Sunday um, against yeah. the chiefs offensively in, in particular, um, it, this Bills team is very capable of, of beating that chiefs team. Uh, and frankly, beating that chiefs team, beating them up a little bit. Like they, I don't know what to really make of the chiefs. I know a lot of people are sort of saying like they're back after uh, the, their, their playoff game on, on Saturday. And, and I'm not really there yet because yeah. I don't think the dolphins put up much of a fight. No, I don't either. I mean, the dolphins, they, what they got to what? 26 in the game. The dolphins remember have had their injuries on defense all year, but they just didn't look like they wanted to be there at all. Like they didn't want to tackle Pacheco uh, in the first place. So, you, like I, that's why where I'm at. Like I'm pretty confident, and I think a lot of it is the Chiefs have not looked all that dangerous. And to the Bills' injuries on defense, I mean that could allow the Chiefs to be more dangerous. But I don't know. I've got a as the season's gone on, my confidence in Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator, has grown more and more and more because it feels like even when they were at their most injured. Teams weren't lighting the lamp on them. The Bengal game, they they couldn't. It looked like they couldn't stop anybody. And you look at the end of the day, and it was oh, 24 points. Like I don't know. Like as many injuries as they have, I don't know that McDermott will let them give up. You know, 35 plus. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what what would suggest that the Chiefs have 35 plus in them? Um, I just there really has been no evidence all year long. This is a team that can can score points in bunches. In fact. I think it's more likely you see more Harrison Butker than you see, um, you know, touchdowns in, in this upcoming week. I mean, 26 points against that Dolphins defense um, with with the turnovers not being really a big part of the conversation. I mean, the Bills had three turnovers um, and obviously get a special team touchdown last week or two weeks ago against that Dolphins team. But listen, I the Chiefs to me will always still be the Chiefs, no matter what context we're we're talking about them. And so, to me, this is I think. Just it's an incredible opportunity for the Bills to write, um, you know, what I think I know Josh Allen probably feels. I know Sean McDermott probably feels was a wrong that they beat themselves um, in that 13 second game two years ago. And now you get an opportunity to have that team on your home turf um, to, to exact that revenge. But not just that revenge from two years ago, Joe, but also exact revenge of laying a stinker, laying a giant egg last year at home against the, the Bengals in the divisional round. Um, to for a chance to go back to Arrowhead. So, like, mm-hmm. and listen, it, it also felt to me like I know a lot of people were like, ooh, you know, maybe the Dolphins, maybe we're cheering for the Dolphins so the Bills could host the Texans or something. And listen, you don't have to play Joe Burrow this year. To me, it would have felt wrong to got to the AFC Championship game and not had to have gone through either Mahomes or Burrow. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of glad that the storyline lined up the way that it is. Exercise this demon, get a W, and and pro- more than likely head to the road uh, to down, you know, down south and go play a Baltimore Ravens team that you know could be one of the more exciting AFC Championship games in in quite some time. New Nate, blood, new blood, new blood. Nate Geary in the Western Hotline. If I gave you the magical powers to ensure one of the injured Bills would be back for Sunday, who would you pick? 
tough question. It's 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 a firm lock between two guys. It's between Douglas and uh, Bernard for me. Yeah. I think I would say Terrell Bernard. I think he is turned into one of the most important uh, like you know pieces to this defense. Um, and with Isaiah Pacheco, yeah, yeah, in this in this game, yeah, I think it's Bernard for me. It's close though. I mean, Rasul Douglas is unbelievable. But if, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, this team is able to just put somebody out there a corner and make it work. Uh, so I'm I'm not yeah. concerned too much about the corner position, especially with the receivers that Kansas City has. So yeah, and and I would really prefer to have Bernard uh, trolling the middle of the field, where I think the Chiefs' offense does its most uh, you know does its most work in the pass game. Yeah, and Bernard because ankle sprain. That's what Rappaport said yesterday. We don't know high or low which could matter a lot to how likely he is to be back on Sunday. But I don't know. It feels like he might be the least likely of all these guys to be back. That's, you know, we don't know that. But, yeah, like, the one if there's one thing that does worry me about matchups or personnel, you know, even looking at how well it kind of went yesterday, like, you know, A.J. Klein was fine and Dorian Williams was flying around out there, but st- – the Chiefs and Andy Reid having a week to prepare for if it would be Klein, if it would be Williams, if Dodson is back, and I think it sounds like he might be, so we're only talking about one of those two having to play. You know, if it's Klein, let's just say hypothetically, I'm worried about Andy Reid getting him matched yeah. up against Travis Kelsey all day. Yeah, and listen, it's 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 probably more just about that team being able to find matchups um, and then exploit them and press it. And and I think like you were talking about the tactician, this is not the coach you want to be running out your third and fourth string linebackers to because he'll find ways to exploit it and use it against you. But again, that's maybe the coolest storyline going into this game uh, is this time it truly is McDermott versus Reed. Other years it's been, yeah, McDermott's head coach and Reed's head coach, but Reed's the play caller and Leslie Frazier is the play caller. Well, this year for the first time in a Chiefs-Bills playoff matchup, now uh, McDermott got the better of Andy Reid first time around. Um, and I know everybody points to the, you know, offsides and the, uh, you know, yep. Darius Tony play and blah, blah, blah. Well, they had three more chances to get 15 yards, and Sean McDermott's defense shut them down. And that is the point that no one mentions after that game, uh, which is a little frustrating to me. But yep. I think at the end of the day, Joe, this is truly playoff mano a mano, McDermott versus Reed, loser goes home, and man, I mean, that, that shouldn't be – I know this is going to be Mahomes versus Allen, but tell me that it, the more compelling story might really be McDermott versus Reed. Yeah, no, and McDermott, I thought, got the better of him in the regular season matchup, of course, only getting to 17. And like you said, on the, on the Tony offside play, it's going to come up this week. I, I know a lot. That point that you just said is right, and I'm going to want to hear that a lot this week, too. The other thing worth mentioning is the Chiefs had 100 opportunities to not trust Kadarius Toney anymore before that moment. I mean, the the opener against the Lions. like They didn't have to have this guy on the field anymore. He doesn't do anything. He makes mistakes, mental mistakes. You know, if somebody was going to be lined up a full half yard offside, then it would have been that guy. So I don't know how much we yeah. see of him in this game. He's and, kind of been. And he's inactive. I mean, he was inactive this week. I would assume yeah. he's inactive next week. And Rasheed Rice has taken over that wide receiver room. I yes. mean, he, he's a darn good player. And that, that, that's a guy I am genuinely worried about. He's really had a strong end of last, a strong end of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think Kadarius Tony plays. Uh, he was inactive this week. It would surprise me if he was on the field. All right. Last thing before I let you go, we're going to talk tomorrow too. The. Uh, you, you said you're at the stadium. How much? What was your like seat like for snow? It was. 
fine. It was like a little, it was ice, mostly packed down ice where my okay. feet were. So I was doing a lot of slipping. Um, but all in all, I mean, I didn't really sit all game. I sat in the end zone near the, um, near the tunnel. Yeah. So I, I didn't really experience much of the, like the low bowl was, I thought pretty good, pretty like shoveled out. Um, it was cold and like the area was fine. Like I stood up the whole time and I had a great time. It was, um, it was a fun app when the bills scored at the touchdown and the snow was flying in the air, um, in the stands. It was, it was a really surreal. I'm glad I had the opportunity to go to the game and, and be in the stands. It was, it was a surreal atmosphere. And I feel like that was a seven yeah. uh, Sunday is going to be an 11. Yes. I, I 12, can't, maybe. man, I'm already visualizing just, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but but what what the stadium would be like the moment the Bills like win the game and there's Mahomes and the Chiefs walking off the field like it will if if they pull it off in however fashion they do it those final moments in the stadium it's going to feel like a party with everybody believing that okay this is it they exercise the demon this is the year yeah. they're going to win the Super Bowl yeah and I think the dramatic flip from where they were you know end of November to where they are right now will make that moment even like the, the like understanding the realization of feeling like maybe you were out of it and maybe this season was over. I know I felt that way. I know a lot of others felt that way um, to where you are right now is that that would be a, what is it going to be nine o'clock, nine 30 uh, on, on Sunday when that potentially happens. Yeah. I, I, I imagine the city there's not, there's gonna be a lot of call-ins on Monday morning. Let's put it that way. Yep. All right, buddy. Glad you enjoyed the game. I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow morning, man. All right. Nate Geary on the Western Hotline. He is going to be in with me tomorrow uh, from 6 to 8 a.m. Jeremy off tomorrow. Nate will be in from 6 to 8. 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in on your experience from yesterday's game. And it's not too early to start talking Bills and Chiefs. I know it's the game, the day after a game, but hey, we got in. We got the game in a game a day late. Normally, we would have been talking about Bills and Chiefs today, anyway. And how momentous of a matchup it is, I think, uh, perfectly allows us to, uh, to to talk about that game early. But on yesterday's game, before we get to your phone calls, again eight hundred three hundred five fifty. The the game that Allen had, just perfect, right? Like, he didn't have the the biggest yardage outputs, um, but didn't have a turnover at the same time, which, you know, could be big for him. And you had those big pop plays. I really thought they were going to, it was going to be the New England playoff game. When it was 21 to nothing, Allen was making all these great throws. The, the pass he makes to Kincaid down the middle, a rope touchdown. I mean, he was clicking. The rushing touchdown, 52 yards. I did not think he had that final gear in him to be able to, to outrun the whole Pittsburgh secondary like that. By the way, shouldn't go unnoticed. Watch that play back. The two smallest wide receivers on the Bills in Deontay Hardy and Andy Isabella cleared the left lane for, for Allen. Allen runs through. I think it's Minka Fitzpatrick. Allen runs through Minka Fitzpatrick. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think that was the player that he ran over. The two defensive backs on the left, which might have been Levi Wallace and and Patrick Peterson. I don't know. There are three Steelers there. Allen takes care of the one by himself. 
the two smallest Bill receivers, Andy Isabella and Deontay Hardy, block their man to the side, shield the hole for Allen, and he's able to run through it. So, a little bit of a, you know, you had contributions from all different places uh, yesterday, and it's got to be a classic day that was uh, for fans in the stadium. The snow playing into that, I'm sure. Um, but the game itself never got too close to where you were that nervous. Had the Steelers got the ball back down seven, then I think that would have changed for me. But, you know, the Bills had that Shakir drive at the end to make sure that that didn't happen. All right, let's go to the phones. 803-0550, get connected with our fans and go to Sean in Williamsville. Hey, Sean. Hey, let me shut my radio off. I just, uh, first of all, great game. Obviously, Bills winning huge. Kansas City coming in huge. But I got to be honest, I'm really disappointed in the in the Bills. It was very unsafe to be in the stadium last night in parts of it. People could not walk up or down stairs. I spent most of the game helping people up and down the stairs mm-hmm. rather than watching the game. I mean, they did not make any attempt to clear the snow off the off the, uh, uh, stairs. Off the seats. I mean, it was unsafe, like beyond belief. Never seen anything like that in 35 years of been going to games there. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. I, you know, I've wondered about that over the last 24 hours about, okay, so it felt, you know, like that that's one description of what it was like in the stadium, and I bet there's a lot more like that. And then there were others where, like, you know, Nate said it this morning, Jeremy did that, you know, there are others in the stadium where you just didn't maybe even notice or it was fine. It was perfectly fine. So I, I bet you're going to have a lot of differing you know, stories based on where you sat. The only question I have, and I don't think there's, a, I don't have an answer to this. I don't know who has an answer to this. It's just weird to me that the bills don't have like a snow removal service. I, I don't know. Like what it, it, it's a hundred percent up to the fans to unbury the stadium. I, I don't know. That's always been a little weird to me that it's up to them to do it. But I don't know. I also don't know the business of that, how that works. Could this bring in so. the idea of like having like a heated, heated area, seats. not heated seats, but like the, where your feet are, like have that concrete heated? Because I feel like that's a lot. That I, I don't know the expenditures of it. Obviously, that sounds like a whole stadium. Like, well, right. Re, I, I'm just talking. You just hire somebody every winter, but I mean, you come build- clear your seats in your stadium, and that's it. Like, we don't have to worry about anything else. You're building a new stadium, though. You could just put that in the new one. But the thing about the new stadium, and this is why this is probably only a minor thing for the next couple of years, the 70% of fans covered, this isn't going to be a thing. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. It'll be covered. But, again, it's weird to me that they there isn't just, you know, someone out there that does it for them. That costs money. Uh, I don't know. Let's go to Greg in Rochester. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. Um, quick question. So, without Gabe Davis... And obviously, the, early in the year, uh, in the game, they were getting a lot of production from both tight ends. Diggs, Shakir was out there. I didn't see Sherfield. What what personnel were they running? Were they running twelve and not and putting like Kincaid as that other wide receiver, or was they were they running Hardy and Sher, um, and Shakir out of that at two? Can you just explain the, like what formations they were running? Because we haven't been super successful out of twelve, but they looked pretty good yesterday, and um, and I was glad to see Josh looking like playoff Josh he's he's locked in should mm-hmm. be good to go with, with him but if you could just explain well, sure. you know, how they how how they're running the field without Gabe Davis and the two tight ends I appreciate it yeah thank, thanks Greg for the call good question because Sherfield was non-existent right didn't have, didn't have a target 
Everybody had a target. Andy Isabella got targeted in this game. Sherfield did not. But he did play 63% of the snaps. Hardy played 21%. Isabella played 10%. Add those three together. Because you got Shakir higher at 67. You got Diggs at 84. So I don't I don't have the exact percentages of what personnel they were in. Look at the tight ends. That might be an easier way to do this. Kincaid played 55%. Knox played 42%. And Morris played 19%. They did not run a lot of 12 personnel. They rotated a lot. They were in some 12 personnel, but no, they were in 11. And Sherfield was blocking a lot. And the routes he would run, he was not you know, getting targeted. But that was fine because other guys were getting open. So no, I think this team for weeks now, really since Joe Brady took over, they're back to being a predominant 11 personnel team. That's I think that's that's who they are at their core. They have rediscovered that. So you still see Knox and Kincaid getting their share, but you know, neither guy I mean, Kincaid playing fifty five percent. We're not talking about a Bills tight end getting to like ninety, like you can see on other teams. So that's where we're at on that. Davis coming back next week, I think, will be big. Sherfield to me is just a guy. He's always kind of just been a guy. Maybe the blocking part of it, he does fine. Um, but Davis does that and then can give you some threat down the field. So that's what we saw yesterday, though. 8030550. Let's go. One more call and then we'll take a break. Get more phone calls on the other side. Butch on the east side. Hey, Butch. Good, good morning, guys, and thank you for taking my call. I love you. Appreciate it. Great show as usual. Thanks, I just want to say. I just want to just say this real quick, and I thank you for taking this call. Um, Sometimes in like in basketball, you can have tired legs, but then you need fresh legs to go ahead and get you over the hump. Right now, with three games left to play, and I want the I want the coaching staff, especially our head coach, to understand that he didn't ask for injuries to come early in the season, but they did. Some players came back. Some players are coming back. Vaughn Miller to me is is back now, and he's ready to go. But at the same time, you had Elam. You had, which I, we call on the east side, Little Ray Ray, Little Ray Lewis, and that's Dorian Williams, who just destroys everything that comes in his path. You got Hardy, who's ready to cut loose now. You got Shakir, as you already said, ready to cut loose now. You got Ty, you got Ty, you got the running back, Ty, Ty Williams, ready to cut loose now. Ty Johnson, I'm sorry, ready to cut loose now. You have to play these young players now. You got DeMar Hamlin ready to play now. These are the young players, along with the, as we always say, the veteran players, to go along to help you overcome these next three games. You can't just put them back on the shelf as toys. You have to use them now. They're ready. They done learned. They're ready to go. Let them play. Along with those veteran players, you mix it up like you did. And Joe Brady, I want you to understand something, and I'll let you go on this, and I thank you so much again. With Hardy, you have, I want you to look at the Miami Dolphins tape when they used to run Tyreek Hill in motion just to get him a head start to get upfield. I want you to use Hardy that way. Just like you bring Diggs across in motion, use Hardy and throw screens to him. I promise you, if you let the young players play, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Thanks so much for taking my call. I love you guys and love you, WG. I love all the fans. Everybody be safe out there. Thank you. Thanks, Butch. 803-0550 is the phone call. We will take a timeout here. Uh, and we'll get connected with you more on the other side. So line up now, and we'll get to you right after this. The Bills win 31-17 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a rant on Mike Tomlin cooking at some point coming up as well. 
Lots more to get to. Also, I'll share with you one listener reached out on what the Packers do for snow removal. The Bills, like, there's an answer out there for what they can do that is not, hey, can the fans come bail us out and shovel the stadium? So we'll uh, get to that as well when we return. Jody Biasi here on the Extra Point Show, presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwest.com. And by Speed Global. Around the corner, around the world, Speed delivers. Coming out to the right side, looking down the sideline, throws it back across the field. Complete to Stephon Diggs for a first down at the 29-yard line. Allen does it again. Ball security drill, um, once a week, and it's uh, I think call it like stumble bump or something. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have forty-seven new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You hold it. Hold the ball and put your hand down and someone's punching at the ball. And um, I guess repetition and, and, and doing what you practice shows up in games. So. What do you call it? Stumbling? Like stum- stumble something. It's a funny name. Rob, uh, Rob says it. Ah, stumble something. But uh, the gist of the drill is, you know, just ball security, putting that hand on the ground, keeping yourself up. That was a little different um, angle the way it happened, but um, yeah, that's props to that drill. Could you just walk us through that play? That is Bills wide receiver Khalil Shakir, a star from the game yesterday, and he has developed into he's developed into their number two wideout. As much as Gabe Davis, you know, has the pedigree because he's been here for multiple years, and he hey he's had that Chief game. And on depth chart, like he probably is their number two. Shakir is their second most dangerous wide receiver. What he did on that play, the the contact balance is the thing that he really showed off there. I mean, almost like a running back. He's kind of also built like a running back. I mean, he's not that tall, and he's not you know lightning fast. He's six foot one ninety. I mean, that's that's a you know little. What? 
he's a little stronger than your he's bigger in terms of like the you know muscle tone or whatever than Isabella or Deontay Hardy. So he can throw his weight around a little bit, and that's that plus the contact balance is what he showed off on that play. Then he just torches number thirty eight, broke his ankles, and Shakir. Shakir's season is so interesting. I mean, I obviously was a huge doubter of him. But, hey, the Bills were too. The Bills were too. They drafted him in the fifth round. They that Remember, he was like a second, third round prospect when he was drafted. And the Bills didn't agree with that. They picked him three rounds later. But they got him. And then, what did their actions say from there on? They played him a bunch in his rookie year. They got to a point where he wasn't producing, so they went out and they tried to replace him with Cole Beasley, or they at least tried to take a bunch off his plate. They thought they needed to go out and get Cole Beasley off the couch, who they already knew was shot because they just needed a guy for the slot position. Then in the offseason, what did they do? Keep in mind, Naheem Hines was still healthy, and the Bills both punt returner and kick returner at that point in time. What did the Bills do? They went out and they signed Deontay Hardy to guaranteed money. Someone who had experience playing in the slot in New Orleans and doing it well. So, and they brought in Trent Sherfield on top of that, who had started at slot receiver last year for the Miami Dolphins. The Bills brought in two slot receivers, but especially Hardy, to be their slot receivers. And then Shakir had a bad training camp. So, listen, if you doubted, if you're surprised to see this from Khalil Shakir, you you had every reason to not trust that this was going to happen. But, it's happened. And now we're at a point where, for all the talk of yards after catch over the years, the, the good news is he has developed into the player he is. Because now what they have in a slot receiver is a guy that can actually do something with the ball in his hands, which you saw yesterday, and you've seen multiple times over the course of the season. And, listen, as well, as great as Cole Beasley was, right, he was an all-pro at one point, as great as Cole Beasley was, they never had from him someone that could take that five-yard, you know, safe route, and then, oh, once in a while, he'll actually do something with it. Beasley was not that. He was going to go down, or he would. He just wouldn't get a, a ton. Shakir, you know, a more well-versed type of player for that position. And now, being that he's on a rookie contract and a cheap one, I think you just go forward as he's the slot guy past this year. Like, you're not replacing that. And I go into this Chiefs game really believing that he's someone that's going to help them. That, hey, when you're the Chiefs, Allen said it yesterday in postgame, teams now are starting to game plan for Khalil Shakir. That's how good it's gotten. And he's not putting up massive numbers. I mean, other than that play yesterday, there wasn't a lot else. He was only targeted two other times on the day. But... Hey, if he's going to be your slot guy, you you don't always need him to get six, seven receptions in a game. Especially when, like Dalton Kincaid, who actually led the Bills in receiving yards yesterday, 
and was second on the team in targets with six. He is the guy over the middle of the field. He's going to be the guy over the middle of the field. The catch he made on the first drive of the game was really nice. And then the touchdown he had going down the middle, of course, is going to be his play of the game. I'm I'm in a good place, a good place, not a great place, but a good place with where the Bills are weapon-wise right now, 1-2-3. It's not the best it's been in the past. It's not the best that it's going to be. But they finally, after a full season, found their combination. Sean McDermott, about a month or two into the year, said, maybe it was week seven, said something along the lines of, it's week seven, we should know what guys' roles are. And he said that at a time when we didn't know what guys' roles were. We didn't know what Deontay Hardy's role was. We didn't know what Shakir's role was. We didn't know what Kincaid's role was. Knox, we didn't know, we knew Diggs. We knew Diggs is the one number one. Everything after that was a question. And now they go into the biggest game they've had this year. Biggest game at that stadium in years. And they've at least arrived at a point where you know where everybody slots in. You know Diggs is your number one. You know Kincaid and Shakir are your next guys after that. When it comes to middle of the field, safe throws. You know that Davis is going to block for you and he's going to give you a big game once in a while. But really, he's, he's kind of the number four. Again even when healthy. And Hardy and Sherfield are just kind of role players. We 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 figured it out. Knox is a red zone weapon, and that's about it. Everybody is slotted into their spot. And it's enough. It's not again the best that it's been. They were better when they went Diggs, Brown, Beasley, or really Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, and Davis. That's really the best they've been. And the best they're going to be is probably when they draft a rookie in the first or second round. But I think they've finally gotten to a point where I can look at what they have, what Allen is able to throw the ball to, who he threw it to yesterday. Hardy, by the way, the one catch he makes even was super was super nice. I can look at who they've got and think, okay, there's enough. It's better than what Kansas City's got. 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in on Bills and Steelers from yesterday. The extra point from the sidelines, of course, uh, brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. Normally, of course, this would be uh, done by Sal. I will take it upon myself uh, to assume that everybody on the sidelines would have been able to look up into the crowd during their touchdown plays and... Some of the photos of fans throwing the snow up into the air, I mean, they're going to be, they should be hung on Bills fans' walls all over. I mean, as picturesque as it gets with the sun in the background and just a little bit of cloud cover and the snow up into the air as everybody's celebrating was, was I'm sure, an awesome day to be at the stadium. I, I did tease, and I want to get to this here, the snow removal and snow removal services Someone did point out that the Bills do have a contract with a clearing service, but I don't know if it's for the stands. It seems to be that that's for the field. As the fans are the ones that you know get asked to volunteer for the field. Someone pointed out to me, or passed along, that the Green Bay Packers 
have a deal with a company that made custom snowblowers for Lambeau Field to go down the rows. It's like a really skinny-looking snowblower that shoots the snow really far down towards the field. They have a bunch of these custom snowblowers that they use at Lambeau. And it. I'm watching a video of it, and it looks like it works like a dream. So... I don't know what this company is or how easily those are ordered or, or invested in, but it would seem like a pretty smart investment. Another fan, Andrea, just posted or sent a picture along of what their seats were like from 334. And it just like you couldn't you couldn't get down the row. So not everybody I know had the the easiest the easiest time. 8030550 is the phone number. We'll get to more phone calls on the other side. Stay tuned. It's the extra point show here on WGR. Back to pass, looking left, pressure coming, fires down the seam, complete to Kincaid for a touchdown. Well, the answer doesn't get much quicker than that. A 29-yard laser from Allen to Kincaid. Touchdown, Buffalo. The Bills score immediately after that George Pickens fumble. How we still didn't get an explanation anywhere. The league didn't announce it after from the referees as to why they did not call the Bills recovered a fumble by Bale Inspector. They they reviewed it. Everyone saw he reviewed it in bounds or recovered it in bounds. And okay, so maybe the ball hit Pat Fryermuth in the helmet immediately before. But they didn't say that. And two, I don't even know if they were allowed to look at that because Sean McDermott challenged the ruling on the field that Spectre was out of bounds when he recovered it. So, in my mind, if you challenge something, they should only be looking at what you challenged. Right? And if that's true, then you can't even look at the Fryermuth part of it, you know, a couple of seconds before. Start the video at Spectre. But... We didn't get an explanation, so I don't know what they did. All right, 803 is the phone number. Let's go to Pete on a cell. What's up, Pete? Yeah, that was very frustrating, not getting an, getting an explanation. Uh, I, I thought the unsung hero of the game, and the guy I would have given the game ball to, was Gillian. He never touched the ball. He pushed Allen two feet for the first down. I think we go to the well too often on that. And it's going. It could bite us. I don't know if we're preparing for you know a tight end getting in that position and a tight end kind of coming off the line for kind of a bootleg or the quarterback bootlegging it. That that makes me nervous. But I thought Gillian should have gotten a game ball, and, and it's very very few times you can get a game ball and not touch the ball. That's a team. Yeah. Also. You know why don't they why don't they put up why didn't they put up a uh, a, a stadium w- with a roof? I mean, Pagula has enough money to build ten of them, and not even notice it in his bank account. This this extra game only leads to this type of weather. It often neutralizes us. And if I'm Tomlin, I'm mad about that because Harris could have run all over us if we had played the the day before. Well, you know, we might as well build build a stadium right on Lake Erie. N- never mind off of Lake Erie. Just build it right on the lake. I don't get I don't get the 
can can, can, can I ask you? You really you really thought watching that game yesterday the the Steelers do not have a good run game and they didn't do anything against the Bills running. They only were able to throw the ball. So why why would we assume the Steelers would have would have wanted the game on Sunday? I'm talking. I'm talking. If we had played the game be, the day before, I think Harris would have run all over us. If it's not a passing game, okay, and it's a blizzard, we could have ended up losing seven to three. I'm saying this weather does nothing. But they didn't play the game on Sunday. You, I know that. But I'm saying if we had played the game before, why why do we? Why do we not put a stadium up with the cover on it? What, what are we doing? I don't know why. Why did? Why didn't? The, why, why didn't the Patriots have a dome when they had a 22-year dynasty? Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only three ninety-nine per month. Deep left field. It's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Why don't why don't the Steelers have a dome? They've won multiple Super Bowls. I, I just I think we do really dumb things in Buffalo from the rapid transit to not having a, a stadium with the roof. Why is it always the roof of the stadium? Why can't it be that the stadium should have been in the North Towns? Because isn't that the whole problem here? That it's the stadiums in like the snow, the worst part. I don't care where it is in Western New York. No, that's put what. Put a roof on it. You don't think? Okay, put a roof on it. You don't think if the stadium was in Lockport or whatever Tonawanda that it would get a third of the, or half the snow that it gets in Orchard Park? Again, I'm saying I don't care where they put it in Western New York. We're going to get snow, but. Why don't we have one? Why why do we think because that this element this element is so great of snow and neutralized? The element is the twelfth man screaming and going crazy and noise and the quarter the quarterback uh, being off cadence. The guy's not hearing the snap count in the huddle. That's the twelfth man, not not you know getting frostbite. Or, or wondering whether we should play in a blizzard or not. Does it mean anything to you that the new stadium is going to be sixty percent covered? A little, yeah, it does. It means okay. a little, but right. there's forty percent that it doesn't mean. But I don't know. Thanks. I, no, I'm not. I'm not listen. Being a downer. I'm just, no, I'm no, you're good. You're Pete. You're obvious, you're positive. you're not alone. You're not alone. I want one thing. I want to point out one thing, though, that you said that I definitely don't think is true. The, you know, you said the Pagulas have enough money in their bank account to pay for the roof ten times over. I do not believe they have enough. Th- th- anybody has enough liquid capital, of it other than like Bezos, that can just do that on a whim. And the reality, the way the league is, the way sports is in this country, the reality is who's paying for the roof. Ends up being you a lot of the time. And that's really the question is, did you want to double the stadium cost when most of it's going to go on the taxpayer? And the answer to that question was no. So, listen, I don't... I think the bigger problem back in the 70s, if you want to go that far back, whoever decided to put the stadium in Orchard Park, it's about the worst snow spot you could have. Right, if you were talking about snowstorms and blizzards and and whatnot, but again, this didn't matter. 
They moved the game a day. It's fine. They moved the game a day. It didn't end up mattering, and it's not going to matter on Sunday. It's going to be 20 degrees. It's going to be the similar conditions. The sun might even be out. You know, we're talking about a very light wind. I think it's fine that they don't have a dome. And I do, you know, this is going to be uh, depending on who you are. I like going to games outdoors. I like cold weather games like that. One of the one of the most fun, one of the games I've had the most fun at ever, in fact, it might even be number one for me, is last year's Bills-Dolphins game in the snow as the Bills beat Miami at the last second. You know, all the snow around you, too. That was a similar game to yesterday where everyone's throwing the snow up in the air to celebrate. Um, and listen, that game didn't matter. The what, Excuse me, the conditions didn't matter to that game. They still scored a bunch of points. I just don't think it happens nearly as often as we think. Where it's debilitating to the offense. Debilitating. How many times did it really happen? Three? You had a Browns snow game in like 2008. You had the Bills-Colts game in 2017. And you had the wind game against the Patriots. Are there really any other that any other games that were just completely de- de- debilitating where you could only run the ball? And I do not agree on the Pittsburgh part of that. Pittsburgh is not a good run team. And I think had the conditions been very poor and Pittsburgh couldn't throw the ball, they were so bad wind-wise they couldn't do it, I think they would have had a harder time. The only thing they were good at yesterday was the medium passing game. All right, time out here. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you immediately when we'll come back uh, here on the Extra Point Show. We've got another hour to go. Sabres Live is coming up after that. Getting into Bills and Chiefs a little bit. And I got a Tomlin take to get to. Stay tuned. This is WGR. Back to pass. Has time. Looking down the right side. And it's complete for a first down and more to Dalton Kincaid. As he's up over midfield and into Pittsburgh territory. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Listen to every MLB game live The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone Stream minor league affiliates The Midwest League home run leader And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go! Alvarez ties the game! 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.